This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw with me today and Chase, that was so much better. Coming to you Tuesday night after Game 2, our immediate reactions. Chase, right off the bat, how you feeling? What are your thoughts on the overall game? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely way happier. Uh, you know, Game 2 compared to Game 1. Uh, I mean, everyone, I'm assuming it's listening, was watching, or at least knows what happened in Game 1. It was just just kind of an underwhelming effort by our Lightning. You know, it, they just seem to be lacking something. Uh, you know, I, I talked about it. Before, you know, with about the Carolina series, Carolina just seemed to lack something all series. Tampa, they were just kind of lacking in game one. Definitely not the case game two. They came out flying. Uh, I mean, they really just overwhelmed the Islanders all game long. I don't think the Islanders had much of a chance. The score was closer than I think the game personally was. I think Tampa, you know, won that by a bigger margin than two goals. They, you know, they, they played great. Other than the refs trying to, you know, hold them back and just be absolutely got awful at their job. I mean, the, the team just did one hell of a job. The refs were my only complaint tonight because this was a game that was actually super entertaining. Obviously, Tampa flying around, getting the win, which was great to see. Uh, Even the Islanders, they weren't super boring this game. I I mean, they tried to trap Tampa in the uh, in center ice for quite some time, but obviously didn't work with some of the heroics Kucherov and others played. But yeah, the refs were. (laughs) Oh, boy. They were something else tonight. Missed calls, bad calls, and even worse, they wouldn't let players fight. Like, I, I think there was one fight in the whole game when there was, what, seven, eight, 
nine scraps where guys like got together and were going to start fighting, but the refs just immediately got in there and broke it up. And the, the saddest part about it all too, is that when the game was over, fights started to break out. Travis Zajac possibly hurt Anthony Sorelli in a fight because a ref didn't step in after the game. So why wouldn't you let them scrap during the game? But after the game, who cares if a player gets hurt? Oh, well. Yeah, I don't understand. They did a really bad job this game. They're, they they need to be assigned elsewhere, just not assigned at all the rest of the playoffs, to be honest. The, the whole crew just did a bad job. And something I really hate, I don't know if it's like an NHL rule or just something that the refs do. Uh, like the actual referees themselves, they don't get involved in the fighting at all. That's what the linemen do. The linemen are there to break up the fights and, and that shit. And I, I think that's just so dumb. I think if, if you're on the ice, you need to be managing the game regardless of what happens. Uh, sure, you know, during the play, you can make certain calls uh, like the you know the referees can call penalties, whereas the linesmen, they can call offsides. They can call icing. Uh, you know, they, they can call like, you know, the way game stuff like the topic there are too many men. But like everybody, when it comes to like, you know, fights or shit happening after the whistles, you know, if you're if you're going to commit to breaking that up, everybody needs to be doing that. So it's garbage that, you know, it, it ended the way it did. And then earlier in the game, you were just not letting shit go. It, it really was just it was very contradictory. And, you know, going back to the missed calls thing. It wasn't like it was just, you know, like missed calls or bad calls against Tampa. There was shit like like, like Tampa had seven guys on the ice at one point, and that wasn't called. I don't know how you miss that as an officiating crew. Um, you know, that's four guys that can call that penalty and none of them call it. So that, that that's pretty bad. And then that fucking point penalty was just so garbage. So I really, what it comes down to, everything that the refs did tonight was just garbage. Absolutely. And Chase, is there ever going to be a change coming when it comes to this goaltending interference? Because Tampa has gotten stunned by it multiple times this playoffs. I remember Kucherov, it happened to him in the Florida series, obviously happened to point tonight. And that is where the defensemen on the opposing team uh, push or shove or cross check a player that's on a breakaway into the goalie. And our team gets the penalty. So is that ever going to change? What's the, what's the bullshit happening here? Because there is no reason that they should be getting those calls. Uh, I know you tweeted out there. That's not physics. Like Kucherov, Braden Point, they're not able to just stop on a dime or just turn easily when they get shoved in the back right at the goaltender. So what's changing? Is there going to be change? What are your thoughts? No, nothing's changing. Why, why would they change that? I mean, they went for so long about these types of rules and now they're bringing them in and you know that there's some point some points they're a lot worse than before i think they adjusted them and they, they've tweaked them to be a little bit better but it, it's still far from perfect and i don't think it'll ever be perfect um they just they they, they kind of treat goalies goalies like three quarterbacks you know i understand uh it's a vulnerable position it's a position where you're not expecting to get hit like quarterbacks don't expect to get hit they you know they expect to be able to move the ball goalies don't expect to get hit they expect to stop pucks so i understand that because it's a vulnerable position um if, if you're not ready for something you could get hurt so, you know, and it's, it's all fair and well, but in this situation, like you got to understand what's going on on the ice. Braden Point can't, he can't be pushed forward and then just stop because if he does that, if he somehow miraculously does that, he's tearing an ACL because his body's just not going to be able to move that way. Uh, it, it just, it literally just doesn't work that way. So I don't think something's going to be changed, but something really does need to be changed. And there was also a couple of times where I just thought, do these refs lack awareness? Like, what is the big deal? I think it was in the second period. Tyler Johnson was trying to get the puck and it was in the ref's feet and the ref just wouldn't get out of the way. And it resulted in the Islanders gaining control and getting it out of their defensive end. And things like that where refs just 
it doesn't even look like they're watching where the puck is. That just irks me like no other. And it's probably about time to get off of this subject about the refs. I think we've done a good enough job. It's been uh, about six minutes of us just sitting here, just absolutely ripping the stripes. But it, it was a bad called game. Um, but going on towards the positive, Chase, it was a 4-2 to two victory. Uh, what in your eyes was the big difference maker in this game compared to game one? Execution. You know, it's kind of what I talked about before. Uh, you know, game one, Tampa, they got shots, but they weren't really like dangerous attempts. It's time around. Different story. Uh, you know, they, they, they were just executing offensively, executing defensively. Power plays, you know, weren't necessarily on fire. You know, there, there were some power plays that I thought they should have capitalized better and then they didn't. Um, so, you know, but, but for the most part, this team, they, they really just came down execution being significantly better. Uh, you know, just just a play like on, on that first goal. I mean, that ridiculous Kucherov pass to Brain Point in front of the net. Uh, you know, th- th- that's perfect example of execution. That's perfectly reading the play, setting up this perfect play, putting it in the back of the net. Uh, that just was not happening in game one. So the fact that it happened in game two and it was so effective, I, I think it's pretty promising going forward the rest of the series. And I think that an awesome part about this game is we got to see the Islanders frustrated because a lot of the times we see the Islanders frustrating the opposing team where this time I think we really saw the Islander Islanders get frustrated because they tried to play their trap game. They tried to lock us down at center ice, but because of some magical plays like Kucherov with two just gorgeous plays for the puck to feed Braden Point and feed Andre Palat for beautiful goals, uh, that kind of knocked them off their game. They no longer were able to control center ice. And one thing I saw out of this game that I just absolutely loved and it really came out of Kalorn, Yanni Gord, those type of players, your depth players. They were taking away the puck every chance they could get. There were so many times where they would bat down a puck in a passing lane or they would just completely steal a puck off of a pass. And the Islanders, they just could not feed their forwards because of the aggressiveness from ours. Yeah, I mean, really what Tampa did with what you're talking about there, it's kind of took the Islanders game and molded it into their own as well as providing, you know, that that offensive punch uh, that this really smart well-positional type of game it's what they did tonight and when you have this kind of offense too to go along with that kind of IQ it's not an easy team to beat so it you know that defensively being you know being in the right positions and reading plays the right way the depth players really stepping up it's you know it's exactly what you're hitting on there it was really the game doesn't get much better than that for Tampa and I will say the the last thing here that I want to keep an eye on going forward into this series is our power play and It's not for the lack of effort by our guys or um, just bad setups. I I think it really goes to show that the Islanders have a great penalty kill. I do have to give them credit for that because the Islanders have been able to shut down this top power play uh, in the whole league right now. In all of the playoffs, they have the most power play goals. We know how talented this unit is. And the Islanders have been able to shut us down. We finally were able to capitalize off one of them. But I think we were, what, one for five or or one for six, something like that on the power play. So uh, really nice job by the Islanders. But going forward, we need to continue to capitalize on that. We saw the reason that we did capitalize on the power play was a little switch up, a little, um, what do you call it? Uh, What is the, the, the acting where they just go off cuff? 
improvise a, yeah. a little improvisation between Stamkos and Hedman switching their positions and the Islanders didn't know how to handle it and they tried it again the power play after it didn't work so we got to continue to improvise we got to continue to adapt to this Islanders power play or penalty kill because it really is a, a very good unit yeah it's something that you're going to learn going through the series uh, you know ga- game three I think we're going to see uh, you know, a couple different plays, I, I, I guess, if you want to put it that way, from Tampa. Um, the, they're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Um, that's the beauty with this team. They're really good at learning their opponents and attacking on their weaknesses. So game three and four, I, I think if they get those power play opportunities, there's going to be a little more conversion. And big shout out to all the fans at MLA Arena tonight. It was electric and they were letting the refs know how they felt. So very excited, excited to see them back again in game five. Uh, Hopefully we can take the two games in the aisle and, you know, come back with the chance to move on to the Stanley Cup finals. But Chase will now move on and talk about the Vegas Montreal series and Montreal's seven game win streak. No longer as the Vegas Golden Knights, they take down the Montreal Canadiens. And oh, man, it was so sweet. Yes, it was. So now, you know, Montreal's seven game winning streak ends and Vegas goes on to a five game winning streak. So maybe Vegas makes a little eight game winning streak out of these last two series if they can sweep Montreal here. Uh, who knows? But yeah, it, it was a, it was a good game by Vegas. Um, you know, I I watched it with not as intently, you know, as you know, I'm watching our Tampa game. But it, you know, it, it was it was a good effort by Vegas, Montreal. Like you can tell, it's just it's just two different teams that, that are in the series, really. Uh, Vegas, they're a very talented group. Montreal has just been a hardworking group, um, and Vegas works hard too, of course. So they're they're finally at this point where it just it's really I don't think going to be able to meet this level that Vegas is bringing. So if Montreal can pull out a win or two, I mean, good on them. But it, just based on the way game one went, I, I I would not even be that surprised if it ended up in a sweep. And Chase, I wanted to bring up your point that you made to me, uh, not on the podcast. I think it was yesterday when the game was going on. Um, it was about Cole Caulfield and the coaching staff and how Cole Caulfield was scratched. I don't know if you get where I'm going with your comment yes, that you said to me the other day. Okay, go ahead. Take it away. So if anyone remembers, uh, first two games of the playoffs, Cole Caulfield and I think Jesper Kotkanemi as well were both healthy scratches. Um, you know, Kakanemi is he's a good player, but it's not as big of the deal. Whereas Caulfield, he came up, he put up four or five points for 10 games to finish off the season. Uh, I mean, that, that's incredible for someone his size, his age to be able to come in and do that right away. So the fact that he's scratching game one and two really made no sense. I mean, Dominic Ducharme should be fired alone for that. Uh, like, uh, honestly, that's that's a poor decision making. He's clearly your best offensive player. I mean, he's the one that's, that's driving the most offense on this team. Uh, he just scored his first goal in the playoffs in, in this game. But you can tell he's the reason that they're creating offense. You know, he's this there's different type of weapon they have to try to protect protect against. And it's not very easy to because he's just such a threat scoring. So the fact that you leave him out of the lineup for any point, it, it just blows my mind. I mean, like, like if, if they don't win the cup, uh, just that move right there alone, it just shows a bit of ineptitude, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously not going to get fired for it, but like it, it's borderline a fireable offense. I like it. I love the aggressiveness because they're here in the conference finals, but you're still calling for his head because of a stupid move he made in round one. Absolutely love to see that. But the next game before the Vegas Golden Knights and Montreal Canadiens is Wednesday night. Um, Obviously, we're recording before, but when you are listening, you will know the result of that. And then our next game for Tampa and the Islanders will be Thursday night when this episode releases. So very excited to 
to see both games, see what happens in the series. But Chase, we now have to talk about some award winners. We talked about on the last episode how as of Monday, award winners will start being announced. We've got two awards to announce the winners of. Yeah, so first off, uh, Pekka Rene wins the King Clancy Award. That's recognizing uh, for work in the community. So he's involved with an, with a number of charities and getting really involved in the community. You know, he's been in Nashville's whole career. He talked kind of about that and how, how he wants to, you know, be there and help out in any way that he can. So, uh, you know, that's a great award. It's a very honorable award for any NHL player to earn. So hats off to Rene. And then the second one, uh, Oscar Lindblom won the Bill Masterton. So that's for overcoming adversity. Anybody that doesn't know by now, Oscar Lindbaum overcame cancer this season to play in the NHL. And, you know, he, he played hard, played well. He's a very good player. So that, that's, a, you know, an amazing fee on its own. Uh, so hats off to these two gentlemen. They definitely deserved it. And I have to say the Masterton, over the last three years, we've had some phenomenal stories with Robin Lehner, Bobby Ryan, and now Oscar Lindblom. I mean, overcoming something like cancer, bone cancer, where – he wasn't sure if he was going to play in the NHL again, let alone wasn't sure if he was going to survive. I mean, it's that big of a deal, bone cancer. So uh, the way he was able to fight through that, make it back out on the ice, tremendous story. So happy for him. So happy that he's back in the NHL and excited to see what he can do continuing on into his career. But that's going to do it for the first half of the Bolts broadcast. We're going to go to a quick commercial break on the other side. We got some more news and then we're doing a little friendship quiz. HF Boards is the internet's largest and longest running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. All right, and we are back in Chase before we hop into the news that uh, I did briefly mention there before the break. I did want to mention the big rig, Pat Maroon. I love the dude, and I totally forgot to mention it, but at the end of the game when all the scrums were happening, Pat Maroon was taunting the Islanders, saying, come on, come get some. And of course, the Islanders didn't step up. Who would step up to the big rig? That would be absolutely stupid. So I did want to mention that because I do have the TV on in the background. I saw it once again, and I just, it's great to have a player like that on the team. It really is. It's just a whole different element to the game. You know, he, he still provides some offense, but he just brings this physical edge, this tenacity, this just aggressiveness and meanness, really. It, it's something that it's hard to match. Obviously, the Isles have Matt Martin as a guy trying to kind of counterproduce that, I guess. But it's hard to bring down a dude like Pat Maroon. It really is just fantastic having him on our team. And the cockiness and happiness that he knows none of these guys are going to be stepping up to him because he knows that he'll drop any one of them is excellent. But Chase, let's move on to some news. Um, uh, we got a head coaching hiring, and I know that... The name of this head coach, you were hoping he would end up somewhere like Detroit. However, he's probably not going to be on the market when Detroit's ready for their next coach. Yeah, so Gerard Gallant, he especially hired as the New York Rangers head coach. Uh, good for him. I mean, we knew he was getting a job somewhere. He just put up a, a fantastic showing at the World Championship, and he, he's a very established NHL coach. He's someone who deserves an NHL job. Uh, he's been fired multiple times, I think pretty unjustly every single time. And to be honest, I think he is one of the better coaches in the league. So he's taking over a, a New York team that's in this 
borderline transition phase, you know, they're, they're young. They're still kind of building the right pieces, but they're almost there. They just need to take that next step. And this is the kind of coach that helps you take that step. So I, I think the Rangers are, you know, a very real competitive team next year could be easily fighting for a playoff spot and, uh, you know, keep going around this. This is the type of roster and type of coaching staff that can help you win a championship. I'm excited to see what comes, especially out of their younger players with Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, two guys that were very highly touted, drafted very high in their own respective drafts. Uh, however, they have not been those high producers that New York has hoped they could be. Well, hopefully Gallant can turn that around and who knows? Gallant might be the key to making this young, talented team a very difficult team to beat and one that could be in the chance or be in the running for a Stanley Cup for many, many years to come. But Chase, moving on to our next news, uh, we got a player that might be coming back to the NHL. No, not might, but probably will be. Yeah, so I I didn't see this anywhere, but um, from one website, but it's a it's a reputable website, so I'll I'll say that you know it's it's a confirmed rumor. Uh, Dmitry Yaskin is rumored to be coming back to the NHL with the Arizona Coyotes on a two year, three point six million dollar deal. Uh, Yaskin was over in the KHL this season. If I'm not mistaken, he led the league in scoring. I know he won MVP. Um, he had a fantastic year. Uh, Yaskin is someone who's he, he really is a, a very talented player. Uh, he's a true power forward. There's not a lot of those in the NHL these days anymore. Uh, so really, I think going over to the KHL, it helped him kind of find his confidence again, find his offensive game. He was able to stir, like stray a little bit away from the physical side, provide a little more offense. So now we can come back to the NHL with that confidence, uh, with that obviously proven production, get more of a chance to provide that kind of role. And I think Arizona's a good spot for him to do that. It'll be great to see him back in the NHL if that is the case. He talked about how he really didn't have his breakout in the NHL and winning the MVP in the KHL. That's a nice way to have a little breakout. And for Arizona to pick him up, a team that desperately needs help because how many years has it been now since they've been in the playoffs and been a, a decent team? Uh, they, they, they've been a decent team never. Like the year they went to the, the, the conference finals, they weren't even a decent team. They got hot. Yeah, so it'll be a, a nice change and a nice player to keep an eye on for this Arizona Coyotes team. But uh, that, again, is just a rumor as of right now. But, Chase, now we move on to the fun part of the episode. We got a friendship quiz, and I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I stole this from some YouTubers that I watch. Um, they did, like, friend, best friend versus girlfriend, and they did, like, life questions. But I decided... We're not going to bring anyone else on the show. It's just going to be you and me. We've been friends for quite a while, and uh, we're, we've been hockey fans for quite a while. So we're going to do a, a friendship hockey quiz where I'm going to give you a question. You're going to have to answer for me. I'll answer for you. Only a couple questions here. Not going to run too long with it, but uh, here we go. First question, who are your and mine three least favorite teams in the NHL? As of today. So do you want to go first guessing for me or should I start for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first for you. Uh, so I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. to made that very clear in the last episode. How do you know that? <laughs> uh, just just a hint. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Philadelphia Flyers. I know you've always had that little bit of disdain towards them. And I'm going to have to go mm-hmm. with the Boston Bruins for the third one. Uh, they're I'm a little l- less sure of, but but I feel like that's probably the move. That's uh, those are some good guesses. Uh, I have to say, you were two for three, though. Um, 
you know my dad's a Boston fan, so yeah. although I hate Boston, there's still like kind of a little sympathy there because you don't like to see your family members in pain. So the third one is actually the Washington Capitals. You you know that I've yeah. always not been a big fan of them. I mean, I love Ovi and hope he breaks the goal scoring record, but uh yeah, the team overall and Kuznetsov with his dumb little flappy bird celebration. Oh, always irks me. But oh now moving moving on for you, Chase. Um, this is one that I I really don't know. Like if it was five years ago, I think it was a slam dunk. Um, so we're going to go with the Penguins. I think the Penguins are still in there. I, th- I think you dislike the Penguins very much still. Um, I mean, you've hated Chicago for a long time, but with Dylan Strom and Alex Nylander, Kirby Doc, a, a nice youthful core coming in, it seems like that hate has kind of diminished a little bit, but I think I still got to roll with it. I think I got to go Chicago and Pittsburgh, and then this is where it gets tough. This is where it gets tough. Do I want to pick a rival of, say, Tampa? Do I want to pick a rival of, say, Detroit? Or maybe just a random team out there. I'm going to go Boston. I'll throw Boston out there. I'll say Boston, Pittsburgh, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, so at this point, I'm really at a stage in my hockey fandom where I don't really I hate teams anymore. You know, there's teams I enjoy more than others, like of course. But I'm, I'm at this point where I'm trying to build a career in it. So like I've learned to kind of just put aside my hatred. If I had to say my bottom three teams that I cheer for, put it that way, uh, it's definitely a good list. Um Boston is easily in there. Pittsburgh is uh, in there too. Chicago, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge Dylan Strom guy, so that that, that changes a lot because uh, I'm, I'm a big Dylan Strom fan. But I mean, really, like trying to think about it in that. I mean, if I had to go with it, like may, maybe I, I I could include the Arizona Coyotes in there just because I like. I if if I'm looking through TV and I see the Coyotes are playing the islanders or the wild or the sharks like I, i'd rather just not watch hockey than i'd rather i'd rather sit in silence than watch that game to be honest okay i i understand that for sure um moving on to our next question chase we've been big prospect guys for quite some time now um and I, i'm gonna put a a boundary on this uh, I'm going to say since 2013, okay, because that's when I really started getting more into the prospect game. Um, so I'm going to diminish some of your options a little bit. But since 2013, who has been, let's say, do we want to go one, two, or three? T- one, two, or three of our favorite prospects of any draft. So maybe they didn't pan out. Maybe they did. But as prospects, we were absolutely in love with them. What are you thinking for the number? Does Blake Clark count in this? Uh, <laughs> was he in the 2013 draft or 2014? What is, I don't know. What he wasn't he? even fucking drafted. I don't even remember. Uh, um, no, Blake Clark doesn't count. But <laughs> that'd be great. Um, all right. So this involves a little bit more thinking. So 2013. Um, That's the McKinnon draft. Yeah, so 2013. Jones. Then... Uh, then Ekblad and then McDavid and then Matthews. Okay. okay. So based on, on kind of what I just said there, um, I don't, this is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with, um, God, if it was 2012, I could just say Neil Yakupov and be easy. Well, 
Uh, are we doing guy. one, two, or three um, oh, players? What God. Are I, I, I can try to think of three. Screw it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go I'll go Jonathan Drew in. Um, I remember us talking about him a lot back in the day because he was obviously a stud prospect. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Austin Matthews, uh, the American boy. And number three, I think I got to go another American. I, I know you're, you're American bias. So I'm going to... I think I'm gonna have to go with Jack Hughes. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. This is, this is hard. Okay, well, you, get, you got Austin Matthews, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I will tell you, they're all Americans. So, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel. I wanted Eichel to go first over McDavid. That obviously wasn't going to happen, but I was one of those guys pushing it. And then I'll let you, I'll give you some hints on this other guy. And let you try to guess it, but uh, this is a goalie who is American, and I was absolutely in love with the dude. I was so excited to see him. He is currently in the NHL right now. American goalie currently in the NHL, uh, Spencer Knight? Nope. Um, Closer to 2013 or closer to 2020? Tell me that. Uh, I feel like it was closer to 2013, but it might be like smack dab in the middle. Um, he played in the Northeast and college in the Northeast in college, American goalie. I don't know who I'm missing. Yeah, I got no idea who I'm missing. Thatcher Demko out of Boston College. Absolutely loved him. And uh, I think it really was the love for that. What was it? 2014 World Juniors team with Eichel, Matthews, Demko, Noah Hannafin. Absolutely loved all of those guys. Um, But now this is this is the hardest part for me. This is a super hard question for me because I got a guess for you and you like a bunch of random ass players. So uh, good players. um, Sorry, I got I've got really no clue here, but I I do know that you love Drew and I don't know if I'm going to guess him, though. Um Gosh, I'm just trying to think of some of the random names that you liked here. I can tell you this. I got two specific guys in mind. And then if you say a third one that I like, I'll just give it to you. Two specific guys you have in mind. Um, Okay. So I kind of want hints already. (laughs) No, take some guesses. Um, All right. Let's let's hop out with a Sasha Barkov. I feel like you've been a big Sasha Barkov fan for quite some time um outside of Sasha Barkov you loved Pavel Zaka you loved Pavel Zaka and I don't blame you because I was a huge fan too when he was a prospect and then um I don't know Oliver Shillington maybe I I, guys that I know we've talked about (laughs) quite a bit but uh who knows if they were even close to your favorites so Zaka is one of the guys I had in mind. Another guy I have in mind is a Canadian whose name has been mentioned at some point uh, in this podcast. I tell you that. Does that help me? <laughs> I I would think so. It might have been mentioned this time. It might have been mentioned earlier. Uh, who knows? A Canadian that's been mentioned. Who did you mention for me? Jonathan Drew. Uh, no, but I mean, I, I him or Barkov work for my third answer. But there's one other person. There's been another Canadian mentioned. Yep. Um, Give you one guess on it. 
Braden Point, maybe? Nope. That would be Dylan Strom. Uh, right. Yeah, right. can't can't forget my boy Dylan Strom. Yeah, forgot about uh, your man crush for him. You, you wished so bad that you were Connor McDavid at the draft and you got to do that little little nerdy oh God, wave to Dylan so Strom. <laughs> <laughs> it really was great. But uh, Chase, final question here. I, I want you to think long and hard about this one um, and go ahead and use some of my previous rants um, specifically on NHL The Game. Uh, who is one of my least favorite players in the NHL and why is he one of my least favorite players in the NHL? I'll tell you right now, he currently plays in the Canadian division and um, I I feel like you know who it is. I know exactly who it is. I, okay, I, okay. I had three names came to mind. They said Canadian Division. I know exactly who it is. Okay. But it's the deal is one for one, Adam Larson, because you just hate the hell out of his face. <laughs> it's so true. It is Adam Larson. Um, I, I Was it just NHL 14 or is it his face overall? His face, it's kind of like like duckish. Uh, but yes, and, it's and, very and, duckish. Yeah, in NHL 14, it, it was very bothersome. I'll give you that. So that is that is definitely one of them. Um, an, another honorable mention, Mark Stone. Yep. I don't like him whatsoever. Again, because of? His face. Yes, sir. Ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, okay, Chase, I got to think about some of your least favorite players. Um, I, I know you weren't the biggest Crosby fan, but you've definitely got more respect for him now. Definitely not close to your least favorite player, I don't think. Right. Uh, um. So, I mean, I gave you a hint. Do I get a hint? <laughs> um, if I had to single out one specific player at this point, um, I don't even... Is he in Dallas? I don't even know where he is anymore. He's just is he in he's shit and he's scum. And he plays defense. Jamie Oleksiak? No, no. I think he's in Boston right now anyway. But uh, five letters in his first name, five letters in his last name. European. He's shit and he's scum. Oh, Radko Gudas. Yeah, he 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 would have to take my number one spot. Him and Tom Wilson yeah. fight out for it because I just, you know, at least Tom Wilson has some skill to his game. Radko Gudas doesn't provide shit on the ice. I, I would not roster him at the NHL level. I wouldn't roster him at the American League level. All I think he is is a physical, dirty player who provides less fruit. like he, he he hurts your team significantly more than he helps your team I, I would never offer him a contract I I, he, I wouldn't have him pay me to play Radko Gudas that's a good one for sure um Chase I have to say uh that's gonna be it for the three questions on the on the friendship quiz we might do this again with more planned out questions uh and just easier questions overall because I'm not gonna lie those were all made up on the spot and were pretty difficult but based off those questions uh, we're pretty shitty friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see what's up next. Uh, we're definitely going to be doing more games like this because when it comes down to only two games uh, going on at a time because there's only two series left, not a lot of content to be had. So we're going to be playing more of these games. So let us know if you have any games in mind, but that's going to do it for the show. Going to move on to hockey name of the day now, Chase. Um, and hey, I love that uh, this man had what? What is that? Alliteration? Alliteration? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yes, alliteration. We got Bogdan, uh, 
Belakonzi. Belakonsky. I don't know. Bogdan Belakonsky. Yeah. It's not Bogdan. It's Bogdan. It's it's, it's Bogdan. Sorry. Uh, So our our boy Bogey, he's a 24-year-old goalie from Kazakhstan, uh, the home of Borat. Uh, He's... He's playing in, in the Kazakh League. Um, he's put up some, put up an interesting stat line this year. So I don't really know what to make of it. So, thirteen games, uh, he went six and seven in those games. He had a four four two goals against, but a nine twenty five save percentage. So this dude is just must be facing just like like sixty shots a game. I I don't I don't know what, what else could like add up. Like he has to be just facing these absolutely absurd amount of shots in order to have that kind of difference in your goals against the save percentage. Uh, so, I, you know, the, the name was solid, but the stat line was more interesting to me. It's kind of why I wanted to bring him up. Like, how does that happen? My guy out here pulling some Christers Gudlevskis against the Canadian national team. That's insane. But uh, yeah. good on him because uh, great stats, but alliteration. I mean, you can't beat alliteration names. Yeah, it works uh, out. Bogdan, Belikonsky, uh it is Bogdan. It's not Bogdan. Whatever. Um, Chase Crawshaw, Mike Mitchelson. You really can't beat it. You really can't. All right, Chase. Well, that's going to do it for the episode. If you could let everyone know how to stay up to date with us and we'll get out of here. All right. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, support us that way. We'd really appreciate it. Nothing required, but it's just a way to get new content within the network. It's not just us here supporting, but you're supporting the whole network. Uh, if you want to, you can, want to, you can follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Podnet. That's at Hockey Podnet. Well, right, follow WNP on Twitter, WNP uh, Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. So, the, uh, you know, the three cons we mentioned, Bolts Broadcast, get your Tampa Bay and Hockey Talk, the Hockey Podcast Network. You get a whole abundance of hockey-related podcasts. Then at WNP, you're going to be getting, uh, you know, predominantly football talk when we start it up again. Uh, we do some other stuff here and there. So just be on the lookout for new stuff coming out there. Uh, make sure to check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts right there. Boom, click the logo. This is an easy peasy lemon squeezy. While you're there, don't forget to check out the blogs. I personally have one blog in there, uh, six notable prospects within the Tampa Lightning system. I'll be doing some more stuff going forward. Uh, you know, I'll be doing a lot more stuff in the summer too, once season's done, kind of diving into prospects, players, and stuff. So make sure to be on the lookout for that. While you're at it, you know, wherever you are listening, if you could rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns on Twitter, we'd appreciate that. Uh, you can reach out to us, I mean, any way that you can. But don't forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.